Jesus. Lord, we love you. And you are truly worthy of it all. We praise you. We exalt you. Lord Jesus, we've come here this morning to magnify our great God and King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, be magnified in this service. Holy Spirit, we ask you to move through our hearts, through the ministry of the Spirit, through the teaching of the Word, through the encouragement that comes from one another. Holy Spirit, sweep across this place in a mighty and powerful way as we look to your word this morning. God, be magnified. Be exalted. Heavenly Father, draw us close to your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, continue to sanctify us, purify us, cause us to repent, turn from sin, and to love you and obey you with all of our hearts. For it's in the awesome, powerful, wonderful, victorious, eternal, never-changing name, the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. All God's people said, amen and amen and amen. You may be seated. Everybody's got their sword, so open up your sword. To uh, we're gonna, I'm going to start off in a different place this morning. I'm gonna, I went back and told the guys in the back, I'm gonna, the Lord changed it during worship. I want to start with Hebrews 12, 28. So I want to read Hebrews 12, 28, and then we'll get into my uh, message this morning. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show, and this is my word I'm going to be preaching on this morning, let us show gratitude, gratitude, by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. What we need to understand, family, is the kingdom of God is unshakable. You are have entered in by being born again and trusting in Christ. You've entered into an eternal kingdom that will not be shaken. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. His kingdom is eternal, and everything else that people build their lives on in this life is temporary. It's fleeting. It's, it's not worth the dirt it's built on. But the life that's built on the Lord Jesus Christ is unshakable. And Hebrews um, 12, 28 says we are to show gratitude gratitude. That's the title of my message this morning. What is gratitude? I looked up the definition of the word gratitude because some people talk about the word gratitude and some people talk about the word uh, giving thanks and they use them interchangeably. But there's actually a slight different um, definition for the words of being thankful. Being thankful is uh, something we do and we should be thankful and give thanks. But we need to have a heart of gratitude. The definition of a heart of, of, of the word gratitude is a condition of the heart. It's a condition of the heart. It's a quality of being thankful and a readiness to show appreciation. Is your heart filled with gratitude this morning towards God? Or is, it just, or is there just like this indifference between you and the Lord? Are you thankful for all that he has done for you? 
Are you thankful for your salvation? Are you thankful for your family? Are you thankful for the many blessings that he's given you? And most importantly, are you thankful that you're part of the eternal kingdom of God? Friends and family, you're going to live forever in eternity in a place called heaven because of the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to have hearts of gratitude. If you do have a heart of gratitude, how do you express your gratitude? How do you express your, excuse me, how do you express your gratitude towards the Lord? You know, I think of two ways that we express our gratitude toward the Lord. One is with our lips. We praise him. We exalt him with our lips. We give him the fruit of our lips that give him thanks for all that he has done. But another way that we show a heart of gratitude is that we live a life of obedience. We live a life of obedience. We're, we're like, God, you are so great. You are so awesome. You are so magnificent that all I can do is love you and obey you. Many times in my life, I have flashbacks to my life before Christ. And I had a couple close encounters where I, I almost died from different things. And I look back and I'm like, <gasps> if I would have stepped into eternity without Christ, I would have perished on judgment day. And it causes my heart to be thankful today for God's grace and God's mercy. He reached down and he saved a wretch like me. I have a heart of gratitude towards him. And I hope, my friends, that you also will have a heart of gratitude. And maybe you're here this morning and you're like, man, my heart just ain't feeling it. I just don't have that heart of gratitude. This message is for you this morning. I want to remind you and show you reasons why you should have a heart of gratitude. Sometimes we have to take our, our eyes off the things of this world and put them on the things of eternity and the things of the word of God. And what it will do is it will fill your heart with gratitude. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to turn to Psalm 103 and, and study verses 1 through 12. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, as we study it now, Father, Father, I pray out of this teaching by the ministry of the Holy Spirit that we will leave here this morning with hearts of gratitude. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Amen. Psalm 103, we're going to look at verses 1 through 12 this morning. So let's, let's take a look at it, Calvary Chapel style, verse by verse. Psalm 103, verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Question for you. Do you ever talk to yourself? You ever, you ever look in the mirror sometimes? Maybe you're laying in bed at night and you have a talk with yourself? That's exactly what King David is doing here. David is having a talk with himself. He is speaking to his soul and he's giving his soul a pep talk. And what is he telling his soul to do? He's talking, he does this about four or five times in the Psalms. In Psalm 42, I know he does it, but here in Psalm 103, he's telling his soul, soul, bless the Lord. Now, in the South, we love that word bless. And I think sometimes we forget the meaning of it. Sometimes we, we, we lose this meaning. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. That's all we ever hear. But that word bless, the Hebrew word in the Old Testament for bless is barak. And Barak means this, to exp I'm going to read it, to express solemn words and actions that show appreciation and gratitude. So when we say, bless the Lord, what we are saying is, Lord, 
I want to give my life to you. I want to demonstrate my appreciation and my gratitude to you by my two things, my actions and my words. And notice how he says how we do it. It says, bless the Lord, all my soul. And look at the middle phrase of verse 1. All that is within me. All that is within me. This is not half-hearted worship. This is not half-hearted worship. The reason David is able to say all that is within me is because he understands the benefits of God. And those benefits outweigh all the negative things that happen in this life. You know, life throws us curveballs. Tragedy happens. We face difficulties in life. But what we have to do is take our eyes off the temporary things of this world and put our eyes on the eternal things. And when you do that, my friend, your list of the benefits of the Lord is going to go on and on and on and on, and you are going to have a heart of gratitude. That's what we want to have is a heart of gratitude. And so as we close out 2023 and we enter into 2024, and here we are at Thanksgiving and Christmas I want to talk about gratitude this morning. I want to talk about gratitude for the benefits of the Lord. Look at verse 2. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he reminds his heart. He says, forget none of his benefits. Friends and family, there are benefits. There are benefits to serving Jesus. There are bona fide, real, tangible benefits in this life for serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Christianity is more than just a belief and a creed in our head, okay? It's a relationship. It's a relationship where you are born again, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have a living, enduring relationship with Christ, and, and, and it's Christ working in you and through you. He blesses your life with benefits. So let's take a look and let's talk about those benefits for the next few minutes. Look at verse 3, the first one. What's the first benefit of the Lord? In verse 3, he says, Who pardons all your iniquity. The first reason for you to have a heart of gratitude is, my friend, is that you have been forgiven. You have been forgiven of all your sin. When you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are justified. You are justified the moment you placed your faith in Jesus Christ. Of all past sin, present sin, future sin, all sin. And then the Holy Spirit begins to work sanctification. and begins to work obedience into you. But still, the point is, the reason we have a heart of gratitude is that we are completely forgiven. Think about all the years you lived in rebellion and the number of times you broke his law. Man, if, if, if I had a little tick mark on this wall for every time I, I broke his law... There wouldn't be enough wall space on this back wall when I consider the life of rebellion before I came to Christ. I rebelled and I broke his law greatly. But God says, because of your faith in Jesus and his sacrifice at the cross, because of your faith in that event and your trust in that event, all your sin is forgiven. If any man is in Christ, the scripture says, he is what? A new creation. Amen. Y'all know the word. He is made brand new on the inside. The slate is wiped clean. Not because of anything that you've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And that, 
melts my heart. All my lying, all my lusting, all my adultery, all my dishonoring my parents, all the ways I've broken God's commandments, and I rightfully deserve his judgment. And if he, if he squatted me like a bug, I would deserve it. But God says, I'm going to show you mercy. And I'm going to forgive you of all your sin. All I can do now is just have a heart of gratitude and say, thank you, Jesus. That's what God wants us to be thankful for. Friends, you're set free. You're forgiven. The slate is wiped clean. The only person that remembers your sin is you. Let it go. Let go of the past. It's under the blood. Take the scissors and cut it. Let it go down the river. You are a new creature in Christ. Be rejoicing. Be thankful. Have a heart of gratitude. The second half of verse 3. Who heals all your diseases. The second reason I present to you this morning, that you, the reason that you need to have a heart of gratitude, is that God is our healer. God is our healer, and he is our great physician. What's his name in the Old Testament? Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. This name, Jehovah Rapha, this, this name for God was revealed to Israel after they left Egypt. Right after they, they, they went through the Red Sea and they went into the desert, they came to the Mara Lake in the desert. They were unable to drink the water because it was bitter. Then God directed Moses to throw a piece of wood into the water. And when he did, God made the water sweet and delightful for the Israelites to drink. And in that moment, you can find it in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, God reminds them. This is what he says through Moses. If you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians. And then he reveals Jehovah Rapha. For I, the Lord, am your healer. He is our healer. He is the one that heals our infirmities. He is the one that heals our bodies. Now today, in the New Testament, we look to our great physician, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the healer of our hearts. He's the healer of our mind. And he is the healer of our bodies. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And in Calvary Chapel, we believe that healing is for today. We pray for the sick. We pray for those who are experiencing infirmities, okay? We believe in the power of God. We believe that God has the power to heal. And at the same time, with the same breath, we also know that, uh, that this life will come to an end. This life will come to an end, but one day we will receive a new body, a brand new body, free from disease, and we all look forward to that day when disease will be no more. Jesus um, gives us the answer for, he answers the greatest question that any human being can ask in this world, and that is, what do I do with my sin? Calvary. 
is what we do with our sin. We go to Jesus. We go to the cross. Where do we go to, where do we go to find eternal life? The resurrection from the dead. Jesus' resurrection on the third day answers that question. We go to Jesus Christ for eternal life. And we go to him because he is the great physician. And he is the healer of, the, of our body. And you know what healing is? Even if God does heal you in this life, eventually you're going to pass away. It's the ultimate statistic. Ten out of ten people die, okay? Eventually, Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed once a man to die and then face judgment. It's appointed a day that we are going to step into eternity. But each time God reaches down and heals somebody of a sickness or of an ailment, you know what it is? It's not so that we can go out and live a long life. It's to testify to the glory and honor of Christ Jesus, that he is the great physician. And so we need to be thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning on the throne, and he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer. So let your hearts be filled with gratitude. Look at the next one. I love the next one. Verse 4 of Psalm 103. Who redeems your life from the pit. I think about my life before Christ, man. I was in that deep black tar. I, I was in the mire, in the muck. And God the, God, the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, they reached down and they redeemed my life from the pit. That is a benefit of trusting in Jesus. This available to all people that if they will repent of their sins, put their trust in Jesus Christ, God will reach down and pull them out of the miry pit of sin, and he will redeem their life. It's beautiful. That word pit, depending on what translation you have, is translated death, it's translated destruction. Uh, some, one translation I read is translated a trap. But before Christ, you and I were in utter darkness. We were blinded by Satan. We were enslaved to sin. We were a dead corpse. Ephesians chapter 2. We were a dead corpse, and he brought us back to life on the inside. That gives us hope. That gives us a heart of gratitude. If God did nothing else in this life but save me, he's done everything I need. There's nothing else. I got it all. If you got Jesus, you got everything. If you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. But he redeems us. But Jesus shows up. He reaches down. He rescues us by bringing us back to life and pulling us out of darkness. Now, we all know that a life of sin and rebellion can cause personal injury. It can cause damage to us psychologically, mentally, in our heart, even in our physical body. This sin has damaging consequences. But look at the, I, I want to connect the first half of verse 4 to the second half of verse 4. Notice how he does it. How does he redeem our lives from the pit? Context, the whole verse. Who crowns you, I love this, with loving kindness and compassion. He doesn't look at you in the miry pit. You moron, I can't believe you. Bam, you deserve it. No, that's not how God raises us up out of the pit. Look at the verse. He, he crowns you. He brings you out of the pit, and he, he, he uses his loving kindness and his compassion towards you. He understands the damage caused by sin, so he handles his children with loving kindness 
mercy and compassion. I just love those attributes of God. Knowing that God is holy, he's without sin, and he's pure and perfect, and we fear him because of how great and powerful and holy he is. But when you repent and trust in Christ, he exercises his, his loving kindness and compassion towards us when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22, 23. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. His compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Three things there. He says the Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. You know, human love, man's love, is fickle. We love one day, we don't love the next day. It's, it's up and down, you know, and our, and our love in this life changes depending on our circumstances, depending on what's going on with the relationship. But friends and family, God's love never changes. It is ongoing. It is eternal. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John three sixteen. you know it, God so loved the world. His love is directed towards us through the cross, through Jesus. That's how he demonstrates his love for us. For his compassions never fails. Again, God understands what you go through in this life. He understands the difficulties. He understands the scars. And he has this beautiful attribute called compassion. And he exercises that compassion towards us when we humbly come to him. And then look at the third part of the verse, in the verse 23. Uh, they are new every what? Every morning. When you wake up in the morning, you can pray, praise God. Because his love and his compassion and his mercy, it never changes. And then he, sends, he says, great is your faithfulness. This is how God deals with his children and with those who come to him. And all we can say is, God, you're the eternal God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. You could have wiped me away with one swipe of your hand because of my sin and because of my rebellion, because of my disobedience, because of my ignorance. I deserve judgment. But God says, I'm going to show you mercy. I'm going to show you compassion. All I can do is bow my head and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness and your compassion. You know, the, the loving kindness and compassion, it teaches me as a Christian how to deal with my family, how to deal with my wife, how to deal with my children, how to deal with those around me. You know, we, in our world, we want to drop the gavel. We want to hammer down when people do wrong and but through God's kindness and compassion it teaches me to show kindness show compassion always speaking the truth in love but showing kindness and compassion and I'm able to show it to others and the only reason I'm able to show it to others is because I've learned it from the Lord he has shown it to me so we should be the same way let's continue verse 5 who satisfies your years with good things 
so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. I want to cut this one in half. The first half of the verse says, who satisfies your years with good things. The fourth reason to have a heart of gratitude this morning is this. Jesus satisfies your life. Jesus, Jesus satisfies your life. Jesus brings contentment. He brings contentment and he makes you complete. Okay? He brings contentment in life, meaning I have Christ, I have everything. Anything above and beyond him is just an added bonus. But I have him, and he brings contentment. He brings wholeness. He brings completeness. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.19, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, we can trust God for our provision in life. Not only for our relationship with him and him supplying the Holy Spirit to us and keeping us and sustaining us, but we can trust the Lord with our family. We can trust God for our sons and our daughters and our family and our loved ones. He provides for everything you need in this life, for your salvation, for your family, for your friends, and yes, even for daily provision. For, for finances to pay the bills. You know, sometimes it's, it's tough sledding. Sometimes you got to stay the course. Sometimes it's, it's difficult, but we have to trust the Lord through the difficult times, and God will provide. He satisfies your years with good things. Life without Jesus, life without Jesus is empty of meaning, and it is wasted. Life with Jesus is complete and full. Let's live a complete and full life with a heart of gratitude. Second half of verse 5 um, says, uh, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. The fifth reason I give to you this morning to have a heart of gratitude as we go through Thanksgiving and then the Christmas holidays is this. He keeps your heart young. Do you know that? When you trust in Christ and you are a born-again Christian and you're serving the Lord, age is not a factor. He keeps you young at heart. There's, there's a tendency as we get older, there's a tendency as we get older to live a stale, boring, uh, morbid life. It should not be that way for the Christian. We should have the most exciting lives in this world. I believe the more you walk with God, the more you serve him, the more youthful you will become. It's, 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 just, it's inevitable that as we serve the Lord, we stay active, he keeps us young at heart. Maybe your life is boring. Maybe your life is boring right now, and, and, and you want more joy in your life. Pastor David's suggestion to you is get off the recliner, get off the smartphone, serve the Lord in the local church, be a part of your family, get active, and, and let Jesus fill your life with joy, excitement, and enthusiasm. Again, the second half of verse 5, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. I know people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s who are just on fire and blazing a trail for Jesus and just living it up for him, evangelizing, serving in the church, and they just have this bright, welcoming, beautiful spirit, humble spirit. And I want that to be said of me as I get older. F folks, friends, 
let's finish strong. Let's finish strong in our service to the Lord. And let's let our youth be renewed like the eagles, according to the second half of verse 5. Verse 6. The Lord performs righteous deeds and judgments for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel. King David here in verse 6 and 7, he's talking about God's mercy on sinners. God delivered Israel by executing judgment on Egypt, talking about the plagues and the Passover. And then righteous deeds. That righteous deed was delivering them and taking them out of Egypt. Fast forward to the New Testament. God executed judgment on Satan and his evil principalities at the cross. And a righteous deed he performed for us at the cross. The cross of Calvary, it melts our hearts in gratitude, in thankfulness, in God making a way for us to come back to him. Let that let that one truth, friends, fill your heart with gratitude and joy. Take your eye, and I'm preaching to myself, take your eyes off your circumstances and put your eyes on Jesus. Put your eyes on eternity and let the Holy Spirit give you a heart of gratitude. Verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness. Again, I kind of preached on this a couple of verses ago, but when you turn to God, you get it all. You get it all. Despite your rebellion, deserving judgment, hell, and damnation, because of your repentance and your faith toward Christ, he shows you Verse 8, he shows you compassion. When someone shows compassion, they, they welcome them. They open their arms to them. They understand what's been taking place in their life. And God understands what's taking place in your life. And he shows you compassion. That's a mixture of love and grace and comfort. He shows you grace. What is grace? Grace is God's unmerited favor. It's nothing that you deserve. It's something that God gives you based on his character and his glory. And he shows you loving kindness. That is what causes, that's what should cause our hearts to be filled with gratitude towards the Lord. But look at verse 9. That offer will come to an end. Verse 9, King David says, talking about the Lord, he will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. God's offer, and listen to me closely, God's offer offers the lost mercy and he offers them compassion. But that offer will come to an end at their death. If they do not turn to him in this life for salvation, they will face his judgment and be damned. If anyone perishes on judgment day, they will have no one to blame but themselves. They will have no one to blame but themselves. They had an entire lifetime 
to repent and turn to Jesus and experience his mercy, experience his compassion, yet they chose not to. One of the works of the Holy Spirit, uh, Jesus says, is he convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I believe that God is knocking on the heart of all those who hear the gospel, all those who know about Christ, and he's telling them, he's beckoning them, he's urging them, come to Christ. Everything that God offers them is good, is perfect, is holy, if they will just come to him. He will not show them judgment or damnation if they humbly come to him and repent and trust in him and say, Lord Jesus, I come to you humbly. I bow my heart to you. God will show them what they want most in life. What do people want most in life? They want love. They want compassion. They want kindness. Who better to get it from? God! I I can show you some love. I can show you some compassion here on Sunday morning. Put my arm around you. Love you. Encourage you. You know, try to lift your spirits. But that's just for a moment. That's just for, you know, a brief moment before or after service. And, and I hope I do that for you as you come to Calvary Chapel Irmo. But God offers it 24-7. God offers his loving kindness, compassion, and goodness and grace 24-7. I, I, I still don't understand for the life of me why people turn away from Christ or why people reject the message. Because there's nothing but good. Nothing but good that comes from God and his goodness and his grace and his mercy. Stay in darkness or live in the light. Experience his goodness or live in darkness. I don't get it. I don't get it. Experience his grace. Let his kindness fill your hearts with gratitude. But he will not always strive. Hebrews 9, 27. It's appointed once a man to die and then face the judgment. Once you step into eternity, there is no purgatory. There is no purgatory. You, you, your eternal destination is set and final. Verse 10 10 through 12. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarding us according to our iniquities. Boy, if God dealt with David according to his sin, I wouldn't be standing here this morning. I I would be a little pile of dust. Vaporized. But the grace of God. But the mercies of God. You know, he has not dealt with us according to our sin, He has not dealt with us according to our sin. He dealt with Jesus according to our sin. So all the laws that we had broken, the judgment that we deserved, instead of turning me into a little pile of dust, he placed that judgment on Jesus at the cross when he said, my God, my God, 
why hast thou forsaken me? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How, how great, how great. Can, can the love of God, can the, passion, can the compassion of God, can the mercy of God, can the grace of God be measured? If somebody came up to you and says, how would you measure the grace and mercy and love and kindness and compassion of God? How would you measure it? How would you measure it? What would you say? Look at verse 11. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. Now, I I like to not just think of north, south, east. I like to think about the universe. As high as the heavens are above the earth. How high are the heavens above the earth? If you got into a space shuttle and you went through the sky into outer space and you keep going northward, you will never, ever, ever, ever run into a brick wall. Okay? The universe... Think about this, man. This is one of those mind-boggling things. The universe is endless in every direction. It's, it's infinite. You'll, you'll, never, you'll never run into a brick wall. You'll never run into, oh, we're at the end of the universe. It goes on forever and ever. And so is God's love towards those who fear him. So how can you measure the love and compassion of God? Look at the universe and how it is endless. And so is the love of God. It is that great. And here's the cool thing. The universe is billions, trillions, times, trillions, 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 times, trillions, 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 forever and ever and ever (laughs) in every direction. And that love being that great is directed towards you. You are the... um, I don't know whether it's a trophy. You are, the, you are the object of God's love. His love is not directed toward the trees. His love is not directed toward dirt. His love is directed towards his people, towards his people, towards those who are created in his image. That is his love for you. And that should cause our hearts to be filled with gratitude. And then verse 12 As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. You know, God reaches down in Christ and he forgives us of all of our sin. And he he doesn't put it right beside us, to the left or to the right or in front or behind, as if to remind you. You know, you're walking later on in life and, you know, God doesn't put it to your left or right so so you could look to your left, look to your right and be reminded. He removes it as far as the universe is wide and is endless so God has removed our sin you know I think about the forgiveness of God the grace of God the mercy of God and it just melts my heart in gratitude it's what keeps me going as a pastor you know ministry can be tough can be challenging but I am ministering the greatest truth in the universe to people 
which is the love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God. And I can't find, I can't, I can't think of anything better to talk about to, than to talk to you about and teach you about the grace and the mercy and the love of God. And my hope and prayer is that it fills your heart with gratitude. So maybe you're here this morning and it was a rough Thanksgiving. Or maybe you're here this morning and we're moving into Thanksgiving and we're moving into the Christmas season. And maybe this is a time of year where you find yourself struggling with depression because of things to deal with family. Maybe, maybe you lost a loved one in the past couple of years or maybe some things just aren't right in life. My hope and my message this morning is that I take your mind and your heart off of those things that's happened in this life and I place your heart and your mind where they belong with the Lord Jesus Christ and that you're able to leave here today and say, you know what? I'm going to live a life of gratitude towards the Lord for all that he has done in my life. I want to close with the final, my final verse, Hebrews 12, 28, which was the verse we opened up with. Um, the author of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we, receive, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, talking about Christianity, can't be shaken, can't be moved, God is behind this because it's his kingdom and he will sustain you and he will keep you to the very end. What does the author say? Let us show what? Gratitude. Let us show gratitude. The definition of gratitude, a condition of our heart, um, a quality of being thankful and a readiness to show appreciation by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. Gratitude is, is standing in awe of what God has done and saying, I'm a part of this. I'm a part of this kingdom. I'll never forget 1992 when I first gave my life to Christ. Bethel Temple, Assembly of God Church, Hampton, Virginia. In the first couple months at the church that I was there, I was like, wow, I'm a part of the kingdom of God. I am a part of the kingdom. I have eternal life. I'm going to live forever. All my sins are forgiven. I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And it just humbled me and made me so thankful. And all I could, the only thing I could think about was I want to go out and tell people, about this great God and King, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has forgiven me of all my sin, given me new life, given me friends and family. Guys, I know you, you know me, we know each other because of Jesus. I have amazing friends like you because of our common faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I have an amazing wife and two awesome kids because of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given me everything as it pertains to life and godliness. And all he asks of us is to thank him, trust him, obey him, and have a heart of gratitude. Let's have a heart of gratitude towards the Lord Jesus Christ 
for all that he has done. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for um, all you've done for us this year. 2023 has been an amazing year. With all the ups and downs, though, Lord, you have been faithful. Through our trials, through our tribulations, through our victories, through the good times, and through the bad times, you remain. You stay the same. Lord, thank you. Give us hearts. Let us not, Lord, just say thank you with our lips, but let us have hearts of gratitude. Let it flow from our inner being by the Holy Spirit. Give us a heart of gratitude. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.